some music right here. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Welcome into another edition of Final Whistle. As always, I'm your host, Blaine Spencer. I got a guest with me this week on the te- uh, lovely Tuesday. I got my man from the NBA, Christian Pierre-Lewis, who I call CPL for short. Uh, Christian, how are we doing today, my man? Thanks for coming Blaine, on. Blaine, what's up, man? Uh, doing well over here on the East Coast. Uh, you know, happy to be on. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's been a crazy time for everybody. So, uh, you know, happy that we get to uh, hang out and just talk some uh, some sports today. Absolutely. You just get, you know, especially in these kind of times, just like being able to see some familiar faces is always nice. And talking sports is always fun. So, yeah, for real. Christian, I just wanted to get your first take uh, just because I know you, you work at the NBA now. Uh, you used to work in Seton Hall Athletics like myself. Um, just give me your take on what do you think of the bubble that uh, took place and how do you think it made an impact, especially with society going on at the moment with COVID? I feel like – I personally, I felt like it was definitely needed just to take minds off of what's going on in the world. Uh, I mean, I think it was the perfect controlled science experiment. Um, Obviously, within the bubble, and we've seen, you know, other leagues and, you know, organizations try to recreate it. um, But it was just so perfect in the the manner that it was just so strict. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, keeping everybody, you know, tested every day and, you know, certain rules and regulations that everyone had to abide by. And we did see certain examples of when those rules weren't abided by. You know, players had to sit out. You know, Lou Will needs to go get his chicken wings. Uh, you know, Daniel House you know, had his incident. So, yeah. uh, you know, we did see that how, you know, strict, you know, Adam Silver and, you know, the rest of the, the league really went about it. And obviously it turned out really well. Lakers won the championship, luckily, uh, you know, in my regard. Uh, but um, it was it was great. I, I think in the fact the, of the matter of that was, you know, the first league, if I remember correctly. Um, to, to, to come back or announce that we were coming back. Um, and, you know, like I said, it was a great distraction, especially for what was going on in the middle of summer at the time with everything around in the country. And obviously uh, with COVID uh, was raising up at the time, it's raising up again now. Uh, and, you know, and the NBA is coming back now to hopefully give us another healthy distraction. Uh, but I mean, we'll get into it. It certainly won't be like what it was during the summer over the bubble. Uh, with now integrating, you know, home markets and teams traveling and things of that nature. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how the NBA navigates some of the same issues that we've seen in, in the NFL or college basketball and things like that. I completely agree. And um, I just I think um, Major League Soccer ended up starting before the NBA, but they were also at uh, ESPN Worldwide Complex. Um, but I feel like NBA, the NBA, the MLS just did a quick tournament, but I think NBA overall definitely showed the blueprint, uh, especially for this year, just to definitely showcase how well and how to handle this whole COVID situation. Like I, Adam Silver, he's without a doubt the best commissioner in my opinion. So I think it was great to showcase that. And I know you were telling me earlier that training camp actually just opened up today. Yep. you guys and so I know the NBA is back in full swing what do you think uh how do you think it's going to be handled differently with COVID especially with the new what's now traveling like how the NFL MLB and even college basketball had their own issues do you think it's going to be stri- stricter protocols or do you think it's more going to be more definitely back to like how the M- M- MLB and NFL are handling it 
that it's just going to be person-to-person basis, team-to-team basis on how you're going to handle it. I just think now, I mean, like I said before, it was such a controlled environment uh, in Orlando, in the bubble. Now it's certainly not as controlled. And even if you remember, before the Denver Nuggets arrived in Orlando, they had a case um, where there was an outbreak on their team uh, where they couldn't even field five practice players or ten practice players. I can't remember uh, the exact quote from Mike Malone when they first got to the bubble. And they were fighting injuries all through, you know, even throughout the playoffs of really, you know, battling their lineup and getting their rotation down. Um, so short answer, uh, I do think it is going to be uh, person by person, case by case sort of thing. Um, I think the NBA has had a luxury of watching the end of the major league uh, baseball playoffs and seeing what's going on in the NFL this year to take whatever examples they can to be more strict. Even now you see uh, the different phases of teams and uh, individual workouts uh, as training camp has opened up. Now there won't be uh, any more than four players at a time in an act uh, in a, in a workout before the fifth. So that'll be toward the end of this week. Um, and before you get down to, you know, real hardcore practices and then, you know, preseason games, which start, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, my brain's a little fried, uh, at some point next week, uh, you know, we'll start to get preseason games. And, uh, you know, obviously on the 22nd, you know, we, we tip off again. That's, that's just awesome that we were able to that – we, that we're even in, like, today's society, that we're able to crown champions – and in like in the NHL, MLB, hopefully we still can NFL, and just having college basketball back is phenomenal, especially when we miss out on March Madness, which I, which I think me and you can agree is probably the craziest time of the year, March Madness. Yeah, it's certainly one of the most fun times. Exactly. So I mean, now transitioning to this upcoming season. I know the season's opening on December 22nd, and I feel like definitely that. When it's Christmas, you get the occasional NFL Sunday where Christmas is on. But it's just it's NBA basketball on Christmas. That's how it's always been. It's probably how it all will be. How do you think – what was the importance of trying to get the season started before Christmas so you guys could play on Christmas? Uh, well, I mean, obviously the, the point uh, that was being, you know, uh, just going back and forth between the league and the Players Association was obviously – uh, the certain uh, collective bargaining, uh, you know, fine points of, you know, revenue sharing and, you know, what's going to happen, obviously, without, you know, a full amount of fans coming in in certain markets, because as you know, uh, certain states have different regulations. Uh, how is that, how is that going to work? Uh, you know, where, you know, is that sur- sort of extra revenue coming in from uh, now this year. So, you know, some of those finer details to, you know, all the people who are much above me and much smarter than me getting, you know, n- nailing that down uh, before we could, you know, you know, get to things like today and media day and things like that. Uh, but, you know, Christmas and basketball, as you said, they've gone together forever. Uh, it's it's an event now. Uh, certainly is. I can tell you that from, from my perspective. Um, and, you know, making sure that you know, we're back on that day and back a few days before that day to get, you know, a game or two in for some teams before whatever the Christmas Day lineup is. Um, that's really, really important. So uh, not only for the league, but just in the sense of kind of like you're saying, for the whole you know aspect of, you know, what we've become accustomed to and trying to keep some of these traditions alive. And uh, that's been really important. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, pushing it back, you know, might have been uh, a little bit, uh, more fair for the teams in the bubble. I've heard that argument if they started on 
MLK Day versus Christmas. More time, obviously, more of a layoff. But then you have to do take into account the teams that didn't make it into the bubble who have been waiting for, you know, since March now to play, you know, teams like the Warriors, the Knicks, and, you know, so on and so forth. So getting, you know, those teams back and doing what they can was also important and trying to capitalize on things like the draft, uh, you know, before the season started was a major point of the league as well. So, you know, happy that we're almost there uh, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to see the stars of the league back on the floor soon. You, going back to the teams, especially that argument that's been made with uh, many players considering the MLK start date, do you think you're going to see some players not come in and start right away, or do you, or do you think that there's going to just be players, they're just going to come in, come back, and play? I think you'll see some of the, the star players or players that uh, were dealing with injuries in the bubble. Uh, you know, I think the big topic of conversation was obviously LeBron. Would he cherry pick? Uh, I've heard uh, some of those you know, first couple of games. Uh, and, I mean, people have been doing, uh, you know, rest and, and management. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's made that pretty famous over the past couple of years. Um, I'll just say that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if players ease their way into the season. Yeah. How, about, how about that? I, I think it's understandable, especially them taking making that uh... – initiative by going away from their families for so long, especially like the Lakers and Heat, like LeBron especially, he already acknowledged that it took a toll on him and it, it took a toll on many other players like Paul George, Dwight Howard, et cetera, that have spoken out and come out about the bubble and how it was something that was unique. It was great for basketball, but it also took a toll on them as well. Yep. But uh, I want to transition now back out of some formality questions. I want to give get your opinion on some things. Who do you think are the top contenders in each conference at the moment going into this upcoming season? Uh, I mean, right now we'll just go and, and I mean, we talked a little bit about it before the show. But, uh, I mean, we got to start with the Lakers, uh, everything that they've done in the off season. They've gotten so much better on paper. It's scary. Oh, on paper, and, and, and that's the key word that you said right there. I think to to flip Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, JaVel McGee, to Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, and Mark Gasol on paper is really, really good. Now, I do think you lose uh, some defensive presence with Dwight Howard being gone. I think he was a really good defensive uh, presence for uh, Anthony Davis, especially, you know, kind of covering him and, and letting AD roam to, to be the, the block, uh, excuse me, the swap blocker that he is. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where exactly they have to do uh, to get Kyle Kuzma going all the time. I think that's the biggest key. Um, I was talking about it to, to my buddy yesterday. What would be the case now? And obviously hindsight is 2020. If you would look at uh, Brandon Ingram, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James now, now obviously yeah. over a year later, obviously well after we've seen everything unfold, but what would be the case now if you, if you take into account uh, you know, the improvement from Ingram, what he's done in New Orleans, and uh, obviously factoring in how his skill set would fit with this Lakers team and the, and the team that just won, you know, what could that have looked like? Uh, but once again, I think we go into another year for the Lakers asking, you know, is Kyle Kuzma going to be uh, the big-time wing player uh, that everyone expects him to be? 
Uh, and I think, again, we don't know yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. He'll be asked to take on even a more uh, of a role now. Um, but, I mean, as far as offensively, you do bring in uh, a legitimate point guard who can shoot. I think he was going to take his game even to a higher level with Dennis Schroeder, uh, which I think was a big pickup. Uh, I think we all know what Montrezl Harrell is, uh, reigning sixth man of the year, uh, and the tenacity he'll bring to, to that lineup, uh, along with some of the pieces that, uh, that they kept with KCP and Marquise Morris. Um, so you got to look at the Lakers. Obviously, you have the Clippers, the, the Denver Nuggets still, uh, a team that really no one's talking about because of all the trade rumors. Houston Rockets, uh, they got yeah. the Marcus Cousins in there, too. Uh, Christian Wood is a, is a rocket now. I know everyone's a little concerned about the amount of money he's making based off of his season last year. Uh, but, you know, he's, he, he was able to show and prove. He got his contract. I think he'll be a really good complimentary pitch to James Harden. If James Harden stays, I don't think there's any reason for him to leave. Uh, you know, we'll see what the offense is like with the new head coach as well. I think I'm more excited about the Rockets because of the unknown this year than I have been in past years, which is really interesting to say. Yeah, that's that's a great point, because I think everyone just assumes that Houston's just going to clean house and try and get as much back as possible. So I know there's been rumors of out there for that Washington's already denied about the Russell Westbrook for John Wall. That that's made our, no sense to me. Yeah, it, it, I didn't think it made sense either, because I think Washington, I think, understands, especially in the Eastern Conference, they can – sneak a push but I think especially the I think a lot of people are s still sleeping on the Dallas Mavericks too I know they traded away Seth Curry which I thought was a big deal huge deal because I think I think, so too. I, think yeah. it's a, I think it's a big deal for the, the, the fact that Philadelphia got them yeah that's even bigger for the for the for Doc now for Rivers with and I think with Simmons and MB they got a true absolute shooter sniper out there in Philadelphia. And I, and, I would and I would imagine Danny Green plays better in Philadelphia than he did last season with all the uh, – The extra pressure. Uh, and I will say this, too. Uh, wouldn't it be funny for Danny Green to win three straight championships in three straight seasons with three different teams? And that's, it is possible. That's historic. That would be historic. And it is, and it is possible. I think, I think Philadelphia is legit. And I think the issue is like going back to Dallas real quick. I think the issue with them is I think they're, I think they think Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be that third guy. And I don't, I don't think he's at that point in right now. I, I just don't know what's your take on, take on that. So I think he, they didn't make as many moves as I thought they would try and do to bring in that third guy to compliment Doncic and Porzingis. And then trading away Curry. I think you have to factor in the fact that Luca really is getting better. Uh, he can still be a better shooter efficiency wise. He, he does shoot well in the clutch, obviously, uh, you know, ask the Clippers, uh, ask Portland as well. I still remember that shot from his rookie year from the corner. Uh, but I think uh, the big point of contention for Rick Carlisle and the Mavericks has to be Porzingis. Uh, can he stay healthy? Um, can he stay healthy in the playoffs? Uh, because when he is on the floor, they have played magnificently, magnificently together. Uh, when it comes to Tim Hardaway Jr., he does perform well in Dallas or certainly performed better in Dallas than he did in New York, obviously. Um, 
I, I didn't like the Seth Curry trade, as we've been talking about. Uh, they needed a guy that can really spread the ball and shoot the floor. Obviously, Maxi Kleber is there. Uh, Dwight Powell coming back off of his injury. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is a great active body that they have. Uh, you know, Trey Burke was explosive in the playoffs last year for him as well. Uh, so it'll be great to see, you know, what the ascension is for Luka again now in his third year, uh, which will be interesting to see. I think they have to deal with with Denver to me or kind of like that whoever you, whoever you think the second or third best team in the Western Conference is after the Lakers, I think Dallas has to deal with them first yeah. before I can talk about them as a, you know, significant, you know, realistic. I, yeah, I think of them as more of a dark horse personally, so. But yeah. I, I love that Denver Nuggets team. Those, if they can, if those young guys can somehow figure it out, Michael Porter Jr. another year, even can with, I give you a hot take? Yeah, give me a hot take. Give me something. RJ Hampton, if he gets the minutes, because it's different in Denver, uh, the rotation is clear. But if he gets the proper minutes, he's talented enough. And I'll just go out on the limb to say rookie of the year. Really? Okay. I. I like that. I honestly do. He's got the. He's got the. I, I was got the pro Knicks experience. Fans. I was rooting for Knicks fans to draft him. They traded down from that twenty-third pick when he was there, and then I just Denver just fall these these sort of you know super lap. athlete you know type of freak guys you know who have a little bit of question marks in the draft. They seem to always get them, um, you know, and they're building something really special over there. Uh, still have Bull Bull as well, who you know. Who I think resigning him the for bubble. the minimums good was was a steal too. So I think yeah. he they haven't really nobody's really seen him yet. Yeah, they and, got and him in the preseason we, games. That's it. And, and the and the glimpses that we have seen, we we we've seen a little bit to get us excited as far as NBA fans. So it'll be it'll be fun. But can they can they kind of overcome you know the hump of you know the the Clippers and the Lakers and kind of take that next step as well? I mean, LeBron and AD are a tough duo to stop. So it'll be it'll be fun to to see kind of everyone chase after them because they definitely got better as we talked about. Yeah, absolutely. I do just want to see that five big lineup that Denver threw out that they threw out in the preseason games back in the bubble. That was I mean, you can lovely do it to watch. When you have Jokic, you know, he really is a point guard out there, so you really can do it. Uh, as far as uh, kind of uh, a piece that I think was really hurting them and he came back late was Gary Harris. Uh, I thought, you know, someone that could spread the floor a little bit more and, and kind of, uh, you know, get some, you know, space for Jokic to operate in that mid post area uh, was really important, uh, but they could never seem to, to get it right with him when he got back there. Absolutely. All right. So let's transition now to the Eastern conference. Who do you, I know we mentioned the Sixers already. Do you have them as your front runner right now? Right now on paper going into the year, I would say them in Miami. I, I like the best. Obviously, I, I love Doc going to Philly. Uh, interested to see what he does with, with Ben Simmons more so than with Embiid. Um, uh, I like the fact that they got a couple of shooters. Uh, cleared out Horford to give Tobias some space uh, to work with his mid-range game. Uh, so th that team got better as well. Uh, can't obviously oversleep Miami. I think Jimmy Butler is now elevated. Uh, himself to that kind of, you know, legitimate perennial superstar kind of level uh, where he can't be, you know, overlooked anymore. I think that was 
certainly the case when, you know, he was kind of, you know, yelling at Carl Anthony Towns in, in Minnesota. Um, but he, he's now at that level. So, you know, they're going to be right back in the thick of things. Um, and, you know, you can't understate that, that heat culture. I think culture is a word that gets thrown around a lot and it's so fancy uh, and, and such like, you know, such a catchphrase. It's on your bingo card. Uh, but, you know, what Eric Spolstra and, and that organization continues to do year in and year out and have continued to, uh, you know, overachieve, uh, I think that you have to really respect them. And, you know, it wasn't a fluke that they got there to the finals last year. Um, but I would definitely say Philadelphia, Miami, and right underneath them, Boston with all their talent. Uh, you know, I think, they, I think they did get better with by addition, uh, by subtraction honestly, uh, with Hayward going to Charlotte. Uh, not the way they, they maybe they should have handled it, but I know they eventually got the sign and trade. But, um, you know, I think they'll still be right to think of things. I know Boston fans have been, you know, kind of screaming to the heavens about, well, what about Danny Ainge? What is he doing? I think everyone needs to kind of pump the brakes on that. They're, they're fine. Jason Tatum is, is a superstar. You know, you got to give Kemba Walker a real chance, you know, when he does get back. I know Right. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as the season develops, what storylines kind of, you know, unfold. But, uh, you know, it'll be it's really, really competitive in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. And I think one team that is going to surprise some people this year is the Atlanta Hawks. I just, I think oh, they, the oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm about it. I'm about I'm buying it. Into the hype, I think. I'm buying oh, yeah. into it. I'm in. They, they're not going to – I mean, I don't think they're going to be, like, over the top, but they're just going to be fun to watch. I think – and I think they can – they're going to be fun to watch. There's going to be no defense whatsoever. The game's going to be 140 to 135, which I'm perfectly okay with as an NBA fan. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think they can somehow sneak into the playoffs, and you never know. If you get the right matchup, you, they could – Potentially surprise somebody. I don't know. But what do you? What do you? I, give me a give me a dark horse team that you think that you like. In the, in the Eastern Conference, yeah. last year I said Indiana. That blew up in my face. Um, dark horse. I mean, not a dark horse, but a team that we haven't mentioned yet. The Brooklyn Nets. Oh, I mean, come on, they're a favorite. Don't give me that. I mean, we haven't met, we haven't I talked know, about Yeah, I know. I'm, I mean, you're, and, you're right. and I, I got to see, I mean, again, I know everyone loves throwing these rookie coaches out here since Steve Curry's had so much success in Golden State. But we don't, we got to see what Steve Nash is like as a head coach. I know everyone has talked about Katie and Kyrie for two years now, and they're going to be fantastic offensively together. But can they close the job done or can they get the job done? Excuse me. Can they close at the end of games? Uh, that's something that we have to see. Um, you know, again, it looks good on paper. Everyone's going to pick them because of the names. Uh, and although the names are great, uh, you know, I think you have more, uh, you have more knowns in the other places that we've talked about so far uh, than we haven't, uh, than we do in uh, Brooklyn. I mean, I, KD is, when healthy, he's the best player in the world, in my opinion. When I think healthy. he's the MVP this year. I think he, I think he shows up full throttle. I'm telling you right now, that's my, that's my hot take. I think he's going to be the MVP. I think he's, I, I think so, he's going to put Kyrie in this place like how LeBron did. I okay, think that's so that, it's funny. It's funny that you say that. So I, 
they're not like LeBron did because that's an interesting point, right? Because KD's is, and, and maybe now a couple of years removed from the game uh, and, and wanting to, to reassert himself, maybe, maybe he gets back to that scoring champion sort of mentality uh, type of way. But I think KD's a walking 25 points in his sleep when healthy. And if he doesn't have his athleticism back, and I've been talking to, to people about this, even if he's 80% of what he was athletically, He's still the third best so, player on the planet. Yeah, he's <laughs> 25 a game in his sleep. So, and because of that, and I think they will take extreme precaution with him, I think you'll see a lot of nights if they do blow teams out or if, they, if the game gets away from them where he doesn't play the fourth quarter, where he sits down and relaxes. I could really see a situation where Kyrie is kind of like the lead dog in the regular season as far as scoring. Uh, I, I said this to my buddy Quinn yesterday. Uh, I got Kyrie at about 28 points per game, and I got KD coming right around 24, 24 and a half. On like to- 20 minutes, though, 24 and a half. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be really efficient. Really- <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm really – I feel bad for all the bottom-feeding teams that, like, whenever he, like, he gets a bad night and, uh, and then they got the next game. You know what I'm saying? He comes yeah. out and he like uh, hits the first like seven on him. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel yeah. bad for the Detroits of the Absolutely. world this year. You know what I mean? So yeah, it'll it'll be fun. It'll be fun <laughs> to watch, of course. Uh, not that they're a dark horse. All right. Uh, yeah. No, know. I got. You. I want to. We don't have to do a dark horse, but I think sure. I think people are sleeping on. How do you think Toronto's going to do, especially having to play in Tampa? Do you so, think? How do you think that adjustment's going to be for them? Is that going to be a tough adjustment, or do you think it's going to be all right because they already did the bubble? I so that so that so that was going to be my point, and, and you know, smart of you to bring that up. So I think the adjustment would have been harder if the bubble if they hadn't experienced the bubble. So I think some of these teams who haven't played since last March, so you know, the Knicks, for example, I think you know they're they're going to have uh, you know struggles because of you know trying to integrate a whole new staff and a whole new team. Um, but, you know, teams that, you know, didn't get a chance to experience the bubble are having to go through kind of th- this COVID season and, and COVID year for the first time themselves and getting through, like, some of the basic protocols. That'll be a bit of an adjustment period uh, for them. But I, Toronto's a good team, man. Like, they're, they, always, they always play well. Uh, you know, even without Kawhi last season, uh, you still see what, you know, Kyrie, uh, Kyle Lowry's been able to do. Pascal Siakam still got to improve to really kind of be, you know, the the top wing over there as far as like the top scorer. Uh, but they have the pieces around them. They re-signed Fred Van Fleet. Bet on yourself always. Um, uh, that that was really good to see uh, and a really good story for him to go back there. Um, so I don't think it'll be too much of an adjustment for him. I do think, uh, you know, without Ibaka, they do take a step back. But with some of the young guys like Chris Brousset over there, you know, they could prove me wrong once again. And obviously, uh, Nick Nurse has shown that he's a hell of a coach. So it'll be really fun to, to see that Atlantic division, honestly, uh, between Philadelphia, uh, Boston, and Toronto. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a real inter- crazy NBA season. I think it's going to be I'm, – I'm hoping for fans in the stands at some point. I think we're all hoping for that. So. We're all hoping for it. Yeah, we're all hoping for that. But let's transition to some college basketball. You know me and you, we're Seton Hall, Seton Hall guys. Okay. 
Seen Hall guys, Seen Hall Athletics. I just want to get your take. We're going to talk about the Pirates first. What do you, They played last night. They looked pretty well. I think this year for them, it's going to be very. It's going to be a very different uh, vibe without Miles Powell, who's now a New York Knick. Um, more than anything, it's, I think it's going to be a, a a player by scoring by committee type of deal. You're going to have a different uh, star each night. What do you think of? Our Seton Hall Pirates. What do you think their expectations are going to be like? Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a Kevin Willard apologist, man. That's my guy. Um, he's 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 got a tough task ahead of him this season with you know with dealing with the the scheduling and things like that. I mean, obviously we've seen the ups and downs already, uh, and, and unfortunate for Bryce Bryce Haken uh, with his ankle injury early on. But uh, I know it, it, uh, it didn't seem as bad, or it didn't uh, it wasn't as bad as it looked. Originally, um, luckily, they do have, you know, Shavar, uh, a senior, someone who's been in the program, someone who kind of embodies, you know, that defensive grit that uh, that Kevin likes to have in, on his teams and in his lineups. Um, I think they'll be right in the thick of things. I think they'll be competitive, uh, especially in the Big East. Obviously, you got Villanova. Um, you know, you have Xavier, who, who's really, really good. Um, I mean, outside of outside of, you know, them. I mean, St. John's has, has been decent uh, in, in some of the glimpses I've seen. Um, so they'll, they'll be right in the thick of things, right in that competitive uh, pack. Obviously, with UConn back in the Big East as well, that adds an extra layer of, uh, you know, of fun, I would say, for, for all the teams in the, uh, in the Big East. So it'll be really interesting. Uh, I look for Jared Roden to be Really, really keen and important as far as offensively every night. Someone to to provide some scoring from the perimeter, which is going to be extremely important with Bryce Hurt and obviously, you know, uh, you know, quote unquote replacing Miles. Uh, I think uh, you know he and his junior year are going to have to really show and prove like he did last night against Iona. Uh, absolutely, and I think it's uh, I think more than anything, uh, once Bryce Aiken returns, you're going to see the team really hit his stride. I think. You're going to have another score, another through passer. I think it's going to be a, more versatility that you're going to have. And I think they're going to be a lot. I think this team's going to be potentially his best defensive team he's had. Because I think they have – their starting five is so defensively focused and minded that they're going to be able to lock down teams. I'm a big fan of uh, Molson also. I know he had the tough – um, free throw miss the other the other night uh, at the end against that was a bad call by the way. Uh, oh well, I mean, <laughs> we'll take it. But that was a bad yeah. call. <laughs> Listen, you, you you can't land in the shooter space. Um, <laughs> I, I like him. He provides a lot of, a lot of energy. Uh, I think he'll learn from from that mistake. Uh, he'll definitely hear hear about it from Kevin. I'm sure he already has. Um, so uh, it'll it'll be really interesting. Uh, I'm, you know, kind of like uh, you don't know what you don't know, and we don't know what the team will be yet, yeah. uh, and and it's going to take even longer now with this Bryce injury. So it'll be really uh, interesting to see where they are, you know, on January one instead of December one. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then what? Just in college basketball in general, who are the teams that have uh, impressed the most? Because I think Gonzaga is a clear front runner at the moment, especially how they dominated Kansas last week. At that the moment, is, I, think I think they were the most impressive team I've seen so far this year. So without a question. I, I think 
the the biggest takeaway I have from that game, uh, and his name is slipping my mind now, is the is the freshman Jalen. Um, oh, I, I, it's slipping my mind because there are a few. There's Jalen Johnson as well who plays yeah. at Duke. Um, I gotta, hold on, so I, think was, I can try and pull it up. Uh, but just just to go off what you were saying as far as what Gonzaga did to to Kansas, that was uh, a clear beatdown uh, from opening tip. Uh, they pressed them. Uh, they played zone. They played man. Uh, Kansas couldn't seem to figure them out. Uh, so that was really Suggs. interesting. Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, thank you. Uh, he was amazingly impressive. Uh, you know, uh, kind of at the top or, you know, one of the top guys, uh, you know, in this freshman class this year, which is loaded uh, with talent. Um, I'll transition uh, from that point to to my guy, Cade Cunningham down in Oklahoma State. I think he's, he's I think he's, star. yeah, I think I'm really impressed by him. Uh, I think they play Marquette tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma State does. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, you know, what, what these star freshmen do, especially in, you know, what's going to be the most unique year in college basketball ever uh, with cancellations, with teams uh, don't not knowing when they're going to play next here early on in the season. Scheduling uh, you know, the day of or the day before a right, game. Right, exactly. Not being able to do scout, kind of throwing these kids out there and say, hey, play ball. Uh, you know, and, and in that sense, I'm really interested to see you know, what, what talent sticks out. So, uh, you know, as far as, you know, guys like Jalen Suggs at the top programs like Gonzaga, who you are right, does seem like the early, you know, predominant favorite, you know, down to guys like, you know, like a Cade Cunningham or, uh, or like, um, was it Marvin Bagley's brother on Arizona State and the other uh, superstar freshman they got over there. Uh, I'm forgetting all these kids' names right now, but, uh, there, there's a bunch of this, this young, this young class, you know, that are really going to show out and prove. Uh, obviously, you can't ever overlook the blue blood programs because of who they are. Um, but I think right now, got to take a look at Gonzaga and a team that's really, really impressed me early is Illinois. I think they got yeah. a really, really good group of guards. They get after it. They run in transition, and they're just there's there's an energy around that program that hasn't been around in a little bit, uh, which is exciting for for not only them for the Big Ten as well. Absolutely, and I think more. I think uh, just um, I'm just I pulled up some live scores that have just already gone final today. Uh, Texas absolutely blew out Indiana impressively, 66 to 44. I mean, North Carolina, Stanford just tipped off today. There's some great games tonight as well. And Michigan State Duke, we didn't even talk about either of those teams. And I think Michigan State has probably been the next impressive team that is, I've seen other than Gonzaga. They, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a Notre Dame. We talked about this earlier. I'm a Notre Dame fan, and they absolutely mopped that floor and just threw them out of the building. It was so, that and, bad of a beatdown. And we talked a little bit about it before, and you did mention Michigan State. And I was telling you, I haven't seen them play a minute yet, and I'm excited to watch them tonight because you know I, I've seen I've seen some of the highlights, uh, and I and I heard you today before, and you were telling me how impressive they've been. And I was like, wow, like I, I'm out of the loop, like I, I I'm not really sure. So it'll be it'll be really fun tonight to to watch them and uh, Duke go at it. That game isn't Cameron indoor, I do believe not that the crazies will will be able to impact it as much as you know a normal game would, but. 
uh, it'll be it'll be really uh, interesting. It is, in, it is in Durham. Yep. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be really interesting to see, you know, uh, how that young Duke team you know, faces against Izzo and, and Spartans over there. So it'll be fun to watch. As you know, you know, I, I'm a I'm a Duke guy. So it'll <laughs> be it'll be it'll be great to see these youngsters and, and what Kay has for him tonight. Absolutely. I think this is going to be one of the more intriguing and fascinating seasons that college basketball is going to have. So I feel like especially the freshmen are going to have a huge advantage here. It's like how we mentioned that scheduling is going to be very last second with cancellations and then rescheduling a, a team that's not playing as well. It almost gives like an AAU kind of feel that you're just playing at almost a tournament. You're just, there's, you don't know who you're playing next and you're going out there to play. Just go play your game. I feel like that's going to have give the freshmen a little bit of an, more of an advantage than people think this year, especially if uh, you're not going to be as prepared for some of these matchups. Exactly. Um, so lastly, we're just going to transition to uh, my feg- final segment of the of this little podcast. Uh, I know you're an NBA guy, Christian, but I, I, there is an NFL game that I have to address okay. real quick. All right. Um, Again, Baltimore-Pittsburgh, it was postponed from – that was supposed to be playing tonight. It has been postponed to tomorrow afternoon. Right now the line is Pittsburgh minus 10. So for all my sports better following, just throw it, throwing it out there real quick, I'm telling you to go with. Uh, Ravens are depleted. They have literally about like six starters left on both sides of the ball. Like that's how bad of a beating they've taken through this COVID outbreak. RG – Robert Griffin III, RG3, is getting the start this tomorrow. I'm telling you right now, Pittsburgh has been all over social media and pissed off about how they got canceled from Thanksgiving, pushed to Sunday, pushed to Tuesday, now to Wednesday. They're going to come out with a sense of urgency, and they're going to be overprepared, and I think that's going to help them. And I would take Pittsburgh minus 10. That's going to be my – uh, my pick for that for this Wednesday, uh, Christian. I know. You, what do you think? Do you think I'm on track here? I know you. I know you follow the NFL a little bit. Uh, there. Listen. Uh, that that COVID outbreak is really going to hurt Baltimore. Obviously, uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't been playing at his MVP level uh, this season so far. Um, I think they would have been wise to to have gotten him a receiver to throw to. Uh, you know, before this had gone on. Um, but uh, I think I think you're on the right track. Uh, that now Steelers defense and their and the, that new crop of wide receivers they've got out there is has been really really impressive. I mean, they're fun to I watch. Mean, you're a Notre Dame guy, Chase Claypool. Oh, I mean, did you? My did you, heart, my heart you, that he's doing so well because I did, he, I think he had a year of eligibility and I'm just like sickened right now. <laughs> did, did he? Did, did you expect him to, to to be anything like this coming in? I knew I knew he would make an impact. I didn't think he was going to become the guy already in Pittsburgh. Because he's already emerged as the guy, and I think he's already become that number one option. Because I, I think Juju was more of a number two to begin with. Okay. So I think he's that's going to help Juju thrive. Now you have I like the kid De- Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, he's another speedster. They've got yeah. weapons all over the field. Yeah. And I think it's just going to for them for Pittsburgh, it's going to come down to the play of Big Ben. Because I think it, they need, they haven't really decided if they're going to be a running or a passing football team yet. So I think that's going to, they need to make that decision sooner rather than later what their true identity is. Because I know their defense is legit. They got the steel curtain back, like, especially that secondary with Fitzpatrick with oh three of the linebackers and Dupree. Jersey boy. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like they're the defense is legit this year. So I think for them, it's offensively, they just need to decide: Are you going to be a team that's going to drop back forty times, or if you're going to, are you going to be a team that's going to run the ball thirty to thirty-five times too? So for them, it, I think it's that. I think they'll do fine tomorrow. I just, I just don't know what you're going to get out of Baltimore. I don't. Even, there's still the potential the game might not even happen. So. But that's the pick for that. Baltimore minus 10. Christian, I want to thank you for coming on today. It was a blast. Great seeing you again. Uh, when, I, when I come back out to the East Coast, we got to definitely link up. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, relive some of our old Maplewood memories, you know. A- absolutely. Definitely got to bring that back. Well, happy Tuesday, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, check out me for another podcast that will be coming out on Friday. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody.